message this past week and <clears throat> for today, and I thought, Lord, what is it that we were doing? And kind of shifted some thing. We've been we've been learning a little bit more about joy and hope, and we've been learning more about joy and hope, and we've been learning a little bit more about joy and hope and joy and hope. And the Bible says it's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. And sometimes I think as as Christians we go around not allowing the joy and the laughter and the hope to shine through. So I was listening to a message by Steve Backlund, and I took some points off his message and came up with something today. Is that okay? Um, the great thing about it is, is one of the statistics that he said, so we're going to talk about abounding hope. But one of the statistics that Steve said was that 10%, oh, do we have handouts? We've got handouts. Yeah, that's right. I do have handouts. Thank you, Michelle, for getting those together for me. I didn't have a handout and emailed her late last night and said, uh, I got something for you. Can you come in a little bit early and get it done? One of the things about as, they, as the ushers and the guys pass it out is that you can retain from what you hear. If you just listen only, you'll retain about 10%. If you listen and take notes, statistics have it that you can retain about 50%. Did you know that if you listen and take notes and also are active, you know, some statistics say that you can retain about 90%. So I'm giving you that to, to take some notes so we can at least get to the 50%. And then maybe if you can be active, in other words, if I say amen, you can say amen. Amen? Amen. amen. Then you can, you can interact and you can be active with what God has today. So if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Romans 15. But we're going to talk about... Abounding hope. I believe that's the message. I, I did not talk to Tatum or Virginia or anybody else about what hope was done. Uh, you know, Sarah, I didn't, we didn't sit down and let's talk about this, but it just seems like the Holy Spirit is just putting all these things together this morning. So Romans fifteen thirteen. everybody there say, I'm there. Abounding hope. We're going to look at that this morning and I'm going to quickly get into the Word of God. Romans 15, 13. If you got your electronic devices, go ahead and get them out. If you want to get your cell phone out and the Bible's on your cell phone, uh, go ahead and get that out. I may even sneak up on you and see what application you got. If you got an iPad or a Kindle, feel free to get those out and look at it. I'm going to use my computer this morning. I'm thinking, man, all everybody else is using their electronic device. Why don't I use my electronic device? I'm going to Use my computer this morning. So the thing about it is, though, is I get nervous <laughs> and I'll forward three pages past where I was supposed to be and then I get off my notes and then I'm really in trouble and I'm out there, you know, like walking on water like Peter did. So I just have to rely on Jesus, which isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. Romans fifteen thirteen. if you don't have it, we can look up on there. Sometimes when I put together a PowerPoint and, and I look at it on my computer screen, it looks so much different than it does when I put it up. But this doesn't look too bad. At least you can read it. Okay? Let's read this together. Romans 15, 13. Everybody read together. Ready? Read. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I like to kind of give you the scriptures and underline some things but because it says the God of hope. Say God of hope. Come on, say God of hope. I mean, God is a God of love, but how many of you know the Bible says that He is a God of hope? Right now, I believe we're in the greatest fight for hope. Your battle that you're dealing with is hope. The opposite of hope is hopelessness. 
There are more people being diagnosed with depression. There's more people being diagnosed because of stress, all these different things. And really what it is, it's a spirit of hopelessness that's trying to come on your life. So on your handout, there's a, there's a quote by Francis Frangipane, and it was from his book of the three battlegrounds. And here's what he said, and, and this is what he said, and Steve Backlin also used this, and I was wondering where he got it from, and I found out that it was in this book. He says, every area of life, do you see that on your handout at the very top? Every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope reveals you are believing a lie in that area. And that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. It needs to be glistening with hope. Glistening with hope. And I thought, oh man, I'm in trouble. Because i got a lot of areas in my life that are not glistening with hope. That glistening is like a shining or a shimmering. And I was like, oh man. And, and when I was listening to Steve Backlund, he was like, he, he, he said, I messed up. He said, I even asked the Lord, Lord... Show me every area in my life that is not glistening with hope. And he said, all of a sudden it was like a dump truck that backed up and dumped all this on him. He was like, oh my gosh. So I began to start meditating on that and thinking about it. And I thought, you know, what areas in my life are not glistening with hope? Glistening, the synonym for glistening is glimmering. You know, like the glitzy, bling bling. You know, are we are bling bling? Are we, are, are we glimmering? Are we... Are we reflecting God's hope in our life? Because you can turn on the television, and I'm telling you, it doesn't take long to listen to the media and listen to the news, and you think, oh my word, we are in trouble. And all of a sudden, that spirit, if you say, will jump on you, and all of a sudden, you don't even have hope. You, you just want to sit there and think, oh, I can't even get up in the morning. It's that bad. I'm here to tell you that we've got to step up as believers and allow hope to come into our lives. Because the, it's time for us. It's time for us. It's time for the believers to step forward in the midst of difficult times and difficult circumstances and come in with solutions and strategies that we've downloaded from the Spirit of the living God and begin to bring people hope in every area in your life. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? All right. Come on now. I want to get you involved in this. Amen. All right. There's four main areas, and I think I put that on your handout. There's four main areas of belief that are crucial for the overcoming Christian. And I believe you're an overcomer. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm an overcomer. Come on, tell your neighbor and say, I'm an overcomer. And there's four main areas. And one of the things that, and we've talked a little bit about this, um, there was a prophetic word. And it was that God had me by my ankles upside down. And some of you heard, well, I heard that. I heard that last time. I heard that last week. I heard that last month. I can't get away from it. Because the prophetic words that God had me upside down, he was shaking me like this. And I was saying, stop, God, stop. But no, God, don't stop. So for a year and a half, a year, almost two years, as I was beginning to be what I feel like shaking, there was some belief systems in me that were beginning to fall off. That I began to start looking at some things, and I thought, oh man, there were some areas in my life that I feel like I didn't have what, what Francis Frangipane would say, glimmering hope. I didn't have that glimmering hope in my life. So the first, first area is that what we believe about God. What do we believe about God? The second one is who we believe we are. 
We at this church are dealing with our identity as sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are dealing with our identity that I'm not just a worm crawling on the ground, but I am a child of the Most High God. I am royalty. I have destiny. I am a child of the Most High God. I am joint heirs with Jesus. There has been a shaking in my life to say, I've got to see myself the way God sees you. So tell the person next to you, say, neighbor, if you knew who I was, you'd love to sit next to me. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, you turn to your neighbor and say, I'm God's favorite. I'm God's favorite. I, I'm God's favorite. So one of the things that we're looking at is who we believe we are. The third thing is what we believe about others. What do we believe about others? We're talking about abounding hope. And there are times where we've looked at others and said, I don't know, I think it's a hopeless situation. Wrong. It's not a hopeless situation. We'll get into that in just a minute. Number four is what we believe about our circumstances. There are situations and circumstances that whether we've gotten into them ourselves or we've had help from the lies of the enemy, that our circumstances can sometimes look hopeless. Let's look at number one real quick. So what we believe about God. Sometimes due to religious traditions, religious ways, we can view God in a certain way. And, and God's been shifting some of those things and changing some of those things. About a couple of years ago, I, I, I taught about who is God. And we broke down on where some of our ideas come from who God is. From the Greek thinking of Plato and Socrates and Aristotle and how this immovable mover can come upon the scene and all of a sudden we think that's who God is, hard and brash and, and cold. And so we build great huge cathedrals and great big places that represent our view of God as cold and hard and, 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 and really, really difficult. And a lot of that's come through that philosophical thinking from the Greeks. How many of you know God has a change, a way to change what you believe? He has a way to shift some things. And I'm not talking about just the basics of it has to be Jesus, that we only come to the Father through Jesus. I'm not talking about his death and burial and resurrection. That's, I'm not talking about those things that God is shifting or changing. We have a great understanding. There, is, there are those absolute truths in the Word of God, and that's it, that we only receive the righteousness through Jesus Christ, not of ourselves. It's a gift of righteousness. Can I get an amen? So what I, if what I believe creates hope, I'm here to tell you it's from God. I had some belief systems in my mind, in my heart, that it didn't bring hope, Chris. But yet I thought, it's from God. It didn't bring hope. How many of you know that the Bible just said, we read it, He is a God of what? Hope. He's a God of hope, so there should be some hope being brought forth in our lives, and we want to abound in that hope. Okay. So let's just, let's just look at something in the Word. Um, let's look at verse 13 again. It says, how may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit? Say, abound in hope. 
got something coming up on my screen when you pull it up. They're like, do you want to do this? No, I don't. So when that scripture says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in what? Believing. Believing. Believing what? Believing what? Believing that you may abound. Say abound. Come on, everybody. Abound. That I may abound in what? Abound in hope. My life should be abounding in the things of hope. My life should be abounding in that. Now, I love that word abound. If you'll begin to do a Greek study or word study on that word abound, it literally means superabundant quality and superabundant quantity. Woohoo! I like bound. It also means in excess, say excess. So God is saying, who is the God of hope, that believing in Him, that we should what? Abound, have an excess, an overflow, an abundant, a superabundant quality and superabundant quantity. How many of you know we get the best and a lot of it? Woo! Hallelujah! <laughs> He's like, I want you to abound in hope. Not just have a drop. I want to be able to abound in hope. So Paul expands what our belief system is, and he says it leads us to greater peace, And it leads us to greater joy. Say greater peace. Greater joy. Come on. Look look with me at chapter 15. Look at verse 4. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. Thinking about the Old Testament, the things in the earlier times, was written for our instruction. So that through perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have what? Hope. So when you look at that, we look through the Old Testament, we look at those things, the scriptures that are there, it's really designed not to, to bring us down, but to be able to give us hope that those before us, like Sean, Pastor Sean said, that David had these guys, and those guys didn't stay that way. They were changed and transformed. And how many of you know, they did whatever David needed to do, and the nation of Israel had hope because of David. Hallelujah. So there's hope. Say hope. So here's here's the thing that we really, really, really need to make sure that we understand is that we are believing that we may abound. So the question is, is do you really believe that that you abound? Do we believe that we abound? Should we abound? Or maybe that's just for some other people. Should I have the abundance of that hope? Should I have the abundance of that? See, our our hope should be hooked up to what we believe. Our hope should be hooked up to what we believe. It, it is connected. Like Sean was talking about connecting. It, it's connected to what we believe. So God's sent me through this process. And I, I look at my identity and we said, if you believe that you are a dirty, rotten scoundrel and you're no good, then that's how you'll operate and that's the hope you'll have. Hello? Say identity. <laughs> it's, it's about our identity. So I look at the Bible and I see what it says that I am, that I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm anointed. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I'm blessed going in and blessed going out. I can kick it up a little bit more. I can hold my shoulders back a little bit more. Not by what I've done or who's done it for me. It was about what Jesus has done for me that brings me to the place that I can now hold my head up. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. We got one person back here that got it. Hallelujah. So we can hold our head up. So those thoughts. What about finances? God wants you to be broke. Where'd you get that thought from? Well, he doesn't want you to be successful. Where did that thought come from? That's the enemy. Let's just laugh at that. (laughs) 
Well, you're just a worm. Where'd you get that thought from? <laughs> you're no good. Who says you're no good? The Bible tells me that the old has passed away and new has come and I've become a new creation in Christ Jesus. There should be some hope in my life and in my body and in my mind and in the words of my mouth and the actions of my word because I don't, I don't, I don't worry or I don't mourn like somebody who has no hope. I worry and mourn or, or I, I do declare and proclaim like somebody that has hope. Hallelujah. Oh, come on now. All right, I got to go back to my electronic device. My future depends on my belief systems. My current, present reality is a result of my past belief systems. I've said, how do you like what you got? I said, I don't really like it. Well, why don't you change it? They don't believe they can change it. It's a belief system that has to be changed. My future depends on my upgrading on what I believe. I remember there was a time where everybody was running Windows 7 and I had a DOS 3.1. <laughs> and they were like, and we're processing all these different things. Well, I'm just, just getting there. Because my processing system just needed to be upgraded. So I must go to a higher level on what I believe. Go to a higher level on what I believe. What I believe about me, what I believe about God, what I believe about you, what I believe about our circumstances and situations, I need to go to a higher level. Say higher level. Come on, I need to go to a higher level. Anybody want to go to a higher level in what I believe so I can, I can take those lies of the enemy and laugh at them and know what the truth says in the Word of God and believe the truth. Amen. So one of the things that that God was really dealing with me with was the mindset of repentance. Repentance, when I would repent, it was, I thought it was really like feeling bad about something that I did. Feeling bad and, about myself and then, and then I would never do it again. And we got to repent and we got to cry out and we got to mourn and wail. And if you're not mourning and wailing, then are you truly repentant? Well, that's part of it, but how many of you know that's about 1% of it? Because repentance literally means changing my mind. Changing my belief system and how I look at something and how I believe. If I believe and say, you know, <laughs> we talked a little bit about this last week. I mean, you can smoke marijuana and believe that, that God created it. He did create it. Come on, somebody. But he didn't create it for you to be smoking. Somebody say, oh, my, or ouch, or something. <laughs> hey, dude, you know, I smoke pot. I mean, God created it, you know. I'm like, yeah, cool, man. You know, he created banana peels. You want one? <laughs> See, our belief system, and that's what I've talked to people. And when I first got born again, I was like, you know, well, God created it, man. Well, he might not have created it for you to smoke and get high, dude. He said, like this morning, get high on the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. Virginia up here getting drunk. Maybe we ought to get with Virginia and all get drunk. Hey, come on, somebody. <laughs> so we began to look at it, and I said, what about this repentance thing? And I shared with you, I think it was Sunday or Wednesday, that my life is a lifestyle of repenting. It's not always going to the altar and putting my knees down and crying out and saying, oh, 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 I'm sorry, God, I won't do it again, I won't do it again. It's changing my mind to say, you know what, if I do that, this happens. If you hit yourself in the head with a hammer... And you hit it again, bing. And you hit it again, bing. 
It's like, I don't know what happens, but I keep hitting myself in the hammer. Did you repent? Yeah. Bing. <laughs> I'm not going to do it again. Bing. Take the hammer out of your hand. <laughs> do something different. Remember, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. A lot of times we do or go through the motions of what we might think is repenting, and we haven't looked at it and said, that's wrong, dude. If you do that, you'll get hit in the head with a hammer and your skull will break open. Don't do that no more. Okay, I got, I got to change my mind and how I believe my skull's going to get broken by this hammer. So I begin to look at that and say, I got, I got to change my mind. Turn to your neighbor and say, change your mind. So let me ask you, are you, is your life glistening with hope? Is it glistening with hope in every area? Go with me to Romans chapter 5. Let's look at verse 3. Romans 5, 3. Romans 5, 3. And not only this, but we also glory in the King James Version in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. There's a process in which he's saying that you're going through right here that we also glory in our tribulations. I don't know, but glory is a cool word. I like glory. I want God to show me his glory. Let's just let the Lord just throw, show us how your glory, Lord. Moses was like, you know, I just want to show you my glory. Lord, I want to see your glory. He said, I'm going to show you my glory. I'm going to show you how good I am. I'm going to show you how good I am. In the midst of tribulations. So let me give you a key to a wonderful life. You want a key to a wonderful life? And I think we have to understand this today. Is that somehow in the middle of diff- difficult situations, we need to learn to praise the Lord. Well, I didn't want that key. <laughs> That's a lie of the enemy. <laughs> Let's laugh about that. Yeah. In the midst of difficult situations and circumstances, we need to praise the Lord. I can go back and I can look at the scriptures and I can read about David. And he was in a lot of difficult situations and a lot of difficult circumstances. And he praised the Lord. He wrote the book of Psalms. Over and over again, there were times where he talked about praising him. Well, verse 3, it says, not only this, but we also glory in our tribulations. How many of you know that's a door? We're glorying in our tribulations. We don't stop at our tribulations. That's a door that we go through. And then he says, knowing that the tribulations do what? Do what? Everybody. Produces what? Everybody. Truce is what? Tribulations produce what? What's perseverance? Keep going. Keep going. In the middle of tribulations, if we're going to have abounding hope, in the middle of tribulations, we've got to keep going. Well, there's opposition. Guess what? There's opposition to about everything. But in the middle of that opposition, will you keep going? Perseverance means keep at it. Keep rejoicing. The law of breakthrough says this, that every truth of God will work. Every truth of God will work. Well, it's not happening in my life. It doesn't mean that it's not going to. If you don't lose hope, if you continue through the tribulations and you persevere through it, then what's it do? It leads to what? Character. Say character. It leads to character. I gave you a definition of character. Because if you keep the perseverance long term, it leads to character. And character is the inner ability that you're starting to make right decisions in a consistent manner. Character is making right decisions in a consistent manner. 
My decisions now begin to line up with the Word of God. My decisions now begin to line up with my plan and my purpose and my destiny. That's character. But there's something beyond character according to this scripture. It says perseverance and character, and then it leads from character to what? Everybody. Come on, everybody. Hope. I need you, I need you to engage with me this morning. Hope. Look at your handout. Hope is a way of thinking... It's a way of viewing your life that is birthed out of believing in the goodness of God and the promises of God. And it's that which is advances the kingdom. How many of you know character doesn't advance the kingdom? Good character does not advance the kingdom. I know a lot of good people that don't believe in Jesus and the kingdom's not advancing just because they're good. Keeping the law That's back into the Old Testament. And looking under the Old Covenant and keeping the law, that was the character issue. But how many of you know that through Jesus Christ, the kingdom advances? And it advances through hope. Say hope. Tell your neighbor, say, we got some hope. Come on. You may not have had any hope before you walked in here today, but you are going to begin to abound in hope. So good character is important. I'm not saying it's not. The opposite of good character is, well, bad character. (laughs) And, and that's a bummer. Steve Backlund said it's a bummer. But the goal is the way we think. The goal is the way we think. Our goal is to abound in glistening, shimmering, shining hope. Woo! Glamorous hope. I like to have that gold, shimmering, shining, glistering hope. You know? Shining. Sparkling. Sparkling. Sparkle, sparkle. Virginia's got her sparkle sparkles on today. It's, it's sparkles. But I want my life to be able to sparkle, glistening with hope. And how many of you know our goal is abounding, glistening hope? And in order to have abounding, glistening hope, you have to know that God is good. Say, God is a good God. So when Shelly says, God is good, and you guys say, all the time. She said, all the time, God is good. Or is my mindset that God is only good to me when I'm good. It can be. Our religious tradition sometimes can say, you've got to earn these things. But the truth of the word of God says, because of what Jesus shed his blood from on us, that grace and truth came by Jesus Christ and grace is God's unmerited, undeserved favor of God on my life. So it's not about I act or react. Come on, somebody. It's about what Jesus has done for me. That's his grace. Tell your neighbor, say, that's grace. Here's one of the things that I realized. There's no way to have hope unless you believe God is good. Because everything you do will come out of that. And unless you believe God is good, there's no way to have hope. And I want to come to God and, and knowing he's a good God. And I heard, the, I heard Steve Backlund was talking about him. He was talking about a dog. He said, he said they had their dog, and, and their dog was sleeping, twitching, and, you know, dogs do, I know. And, and, and all of a sudden, he said, they were in the kitchen, and they touched the leash. And how many of you know there are sounds that only dogs can hear? <laughs> they touched the leash. leash. They were not looking to walk the dog. But guess who showed up? Because he heard the leash. Are you catching this? 
If we come to God like that, He'll take us for a walk. Even though He didn't intend to take us for a walk. So they took their dog for a walk, even though the dog, I mean, even though they didn't intend to take the dog for a walk. So when we come to the Father, when we come and we're intimate with Him, everything becomes possible in our lives. And hope will continue to grow. Say hope. The devil is after your hope. He's after your hope. If you lose hope, people lose hope. Guess what? They've lost. They've lost. You know situations, and we've had situations in our own lives, that we may have lost hope. There's situations, there's times where you look at it and go, you know what? The enemy's telling you a lie, and you think it's hopeless, the situation's hopeless, and all of a sudden, you begin to start lining your, your, your word up, your mouth up, your, your spirit up with the things of God, and all of a sudden, that situation can change. So hope's a big deal. Say, it's a big deal. So hope's a big deal, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. My hope level, I would begin to think about a meter, and I was like, this morning we started off, and our hope level was like here. And then all of a sudden it went like here. Doom, doom, boom, 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 boom. And then during worship, man, we were boom, boom. We were doing this right here. And now guess what? Oh, and then we had some worship time and prayer, and oh, my hope level's just like this. And now we got the Word of God, and bing, 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 bing. <laughs> I'm like, my hope meter is off the charts, baby, because of what God is and is doing for me. And it gets me excited. So I want my life glistening, glowing, shimmering, shining with hope. And when somebody comes in and says, oh, we're in a bad place, the world's in a bad place, I'm like, oh, you better watch out because God is going to shine. There's going to be a shaking. There's going to be a shifting. The things of God are coming forth. The kingdom of God is advancing. You may have to go through tribulations. You may have to go through perseverance. You may have to develop some character. But when you jump in, there it's going to lead us to hope hallelujah come on tell your neighbor say hope come on tell your other neighbor say hope come on it's going to lead us to hope it's going to lead us to hope so listen we heard it said there's no hopeless situations or circumstances there's just hopeless people once you can get a hope in a person everything changes about that circumstance the dynamics begin to change god is leading us through his glory, tribulation, into perseverance and into character, into a place where we can receive the life-saving hope that he has for us. The goal is hope. The goal is hope. If we're going to get some hope, we've got to understand that we're believing some lies. Can I encourage you today that all of us that are present are believing some lies from the enemy? If you weren't, our lives would be different. The Christian life is a progression of removing the lies and bringing in the truth. Remove the lies and bring in the truth. And how do we do that? How does my Christian life, my life, as I remove those lies and bring in the truth? It's found through the intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. We've got to move closer. We've got to, he says, if you'll abide in me, I'll abide in you. It's intimacy with Jesus that replaces lies. I don't know about you, but I know about me. And it became the intimacy with Jesus that began to remove the veil and begin to replace some lives in my life. So what about if we ask God what this lie is, what this lie is, that's not allowing us to have glimmering, sparkly hope in our life? What are situations in your life that you can look at it and go, 
Man, that's hopeless. Maybe you need to look at him again. Maybe you need to look at him and see him how God sees. Encounters will change our lives. And our prayer is for you to be able to have encounters. Jesus said in John 8, 31 and 32, don't, don't turn there. If you just want to jot it down, jot it down. He says, if you continue in my word, if you abide in my word, then you're truly my disciple. And as you're truly a disciple of mine, that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It'll set you free. As I abide in him, as I abide in, word, in his word. And as we have encounters with God and we have encounters with his word, it'll shake some belief system. See, because belief systems are powerful. We saw a show about the lottery. And I'm, not, I'm not telling you all go buy lottery tickets. But we saw the power of belief system. This one woman took $112 million, wrote it on a piece of paper, put it un- under her pillow, right? She won the lottery. Guess what she won? $112 million. And uh, Yeah, but I, I looked at that and Shelly and I were going, there's power in that belief system. Let me tell you how powerful your belief system is. In Numbers chapter 13, they sent 12 in to check out the land, didn't they? They sent 12 in to check out the land. Ten of them came back and said, oh, we're not able to take that. Two of them said, we can and we should. Do you know what? Both of them were right. Both of them were right. The ten that said we can't, their belief system was they can't. Guess what? They couldn't because they believed it. They believed it. But the two... That said, oh yes, we are well able. Guess what they ended up doing? Four years later, they moved in and took their belief system in to the promised land. So it's got to be what we believe. Say what we believe. It's got to be what we believe. Our belief system is being changed. We are living in a day with difficulty in, in, in the world. And it's becoming the norm. Things are just becoming the norm. Uncertainties in the world. We've got pressures of life that we're living with. Financial crises, banks, you know, money, trillions of dollars being sent, spent. The economy just spinning out of control. And unless you've got hope and joy, it's going to be difficult days for you ahead. It's going to be difficult for you. So let's just laugh at that because the enemy's going to say, that's you. <laughs> that's not me. That's not me. Do you know why? We are not victims of others. We answer to a higher, the highest power. Come on, somebody. And his name is Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. So unless you've got a core value of that hope and joy in your life, the world is going to push that out. The lies of the enemy is going to push that out. God is giving us time to establish hope in our life. Moving from tribulation. How many of you know, in that scripture, moving from tribulation and, and character and, and, and perseverance and character and hope, all is doing is getting God involved. Let's get God involved in our situation. What situation you got going on in your life that you look at and may be hopeless? Let's get God involved. Say, get God involved. Come on, we want to get God involved. See, the situation that you're going through right now is not about you. The situation that you're going through right now, as you overcome that thing, whatever that situation is, you are going to be able to impart that to others because you're going to have victory there and you're going to lead others into that victory. It's not about you. But it's going to have to start with what? Hope. Hope. 
Come on, say it with me. Hope. It's going to have to start with hope. Where there is no hope, there's no future. And there's no power for the present. If you don't have hope for the future, then you're not going to have power for the present. Where the, when you have hope for the future, then guess what? There's power for where you're, what you're going through right now. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, The plans I have for you declares the Lord to slap you around, beat you up, and put you in a grave. No, that's not what the scripture says. To give you what? Hope and a future. Not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. So if I understand and I see that I have hope, then because I have hope, I have power for the present. Woohoo! That gets me excited. I got power for the present. Say, I got power. You know, the Bible says, in Habakkuk 2, it says, without a vision, my people perish. No vision, no hope. No vision, no hope. If you're in abounding hope, it'll give you power for the present. If you're in abounding hope, then everything you do becomes important because you're moving towards something that you see in the future. You're moving towards something that you see in the future. You're moving towards what God has for you in your life because you have hope. You have hope. And we have hope. We need strength and power for the present because the battle is about your hope. The battle is about your hope. Let's stand up, if you will, please. I just want to release hope. If you've got somebody next to you, I'm just asking you just, just to put your hand upon them right now, somebody that's next to you. If you're, if you're by yourself and somebody can sneak over and just put their hand on their shoulder or something like that, that would, that would be great. I'm going to ask the Lord to begin to release hope. I'm going to ask you to pray over them. I'm going to ask you to pray over the person next to you, if they're on the right or left or both. Just begin to release hope in their life. Pray for hope just to come. Maybe they've been beat up. Maybe they've gone through some difficult times. Maybe they're at a place where they were just about ready to quit. But just pray over them. Just pray over them. Ask the Lord to strengthen them. Right in the middle of their trials and tribulations, the glory of the Lord of that tribulation, the glory of His tribulation, is going to produce those things in your life. Begin to produce those things. Maybe they've lost vision. Ask the Lord to give them their vision. We're praying for one another and just releasing hope. Releasing hope. Releasing hope over your lives today. I break off hopelessness right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, And when the enemy tries to tell you, no, that situation's hopeless, you can just, well, laugh at that. (laughs) And And say, I don't think it's a hopeless situation. I had a testimony this past week where somebody said, my marriage was a mess, but I got hope. And guess what? I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm beginning to step into it, what God is doing in their lives. God, I'm asking you to release radical, abounding, sparkling, lustrous reflection of your hope in their lives. Glimmering, shining, sparkling hope in their lives. They don't have to go sad. I'm asking you to reveal truth to us in the upcoming days ahead. Reveal your truth to us. I'm commissioning you today, church, to go be hope carriers. Carriers of hope. Carriers of hope. Carriers of hope. Somebody says, if the situation is hopeless, you're going to begin to speak into that situation. 
And you're going to be a carrier of hope. Let you birth the miraculous. Father, we thank you that there is the miraculous that's being birthed in your people here this morning. Birth the miraculous in our lives today. We break off hopelessness. Break off that depression. Break off those things that have tried to hold you back. And we release the abundance of hope. The abundance of hope. A super abundant quality. Super abundant quantity. Just overflow them with hope today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord a mighty praise in the house? Hallelujah. Thank you.